Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The final edition. This week on the final edition, we have a lot of mythical things. Uh, a Yeti, a Genie, Dungeons, Dragons, an employed college English teacher, Simon from Simon Says, who's a real person, by the way. This is the final edition Radio Hour. Man on the street! The Indian Army says it has photographic evidence of a Yeti with footprints that are two and a half feet long and more than a foot wide. The final edition asks the man on the street, what do you think? How big's his wiener? You know what they say about a Yeti's feet? They don't exist. I know one thing for sure. It couldn't possibly be somebody walking through the snow in large boots. Uh, if Yetis are fake, then what have I been having sex with? A bear? The Yeti may or may not exist, but it does have a podcast. The Yeti went up that mountain because he's a pedophile and was tired of telling his neighbors about it. Hello, my name is Yeti. I am a registered sex offender. Or do you have any honey? They might tolerate that bullshit in Nepal, but not here. <laughs> This is Tupelo. <laughs> How would you even get here? I took a series of Chinatown buses. That actually tracks. Oh, it's $23, the whole thing. <laughs> Nepal to here. Just a series of Chinatown buses. It's very weird. Anyway, I'm a registered sex offender. Are you under a court obligation to tell me no, this? No, I just enjoy the conversation <laughs> with new people. That's, that's sort of my go-to line to get the conversation started. Something, a little something about me. I'm a registered sex offender. Anyway, now I gotta go back to Nepal. This is Word Doctor with the anatomy of an English word. Today's word is chronic. The syllable cron always indicates time, and the suffix ick makes it an adjective, so chronic means marijuana. Word Doctor is brought to you by the East Hollywood Cannabis Collective. Doesn't that sound like an appropriate sponsor for the final edition? Don't you think your marijuana dispensary ought to sponsor this program? Every episode of the final edition gets a thousand downloads. I'll bet those people buy weed. The East Hollywood Cannabis Collective. We're just going to say they're a sponsor. Dear Barry Lank, 
You ever feel like the only thing stopping you from killing a bunch of kids is the fear of getting caught? With fondest regards, Hollywood favorite Mark Wahlberg. Dear Barry Lank, I tried listening to your appalling program, and I was appalled. And let me be appallingly clear, I don't just throw the word appalled around. You and your appalling ilk appall me. If Mom's Mabley were alive, she'd be appalled. Dear Barry Lank, fuck podcasts. The real money is in biochemical warfare, and I can get you in on the ground floor. Sincerely, Sarah Koenig. Dear Barry Lank, vinyl has become so mainstream. These days, I only listen to music in its purest format. Hopping boxcars, kidnapping drifters, and forcing them to play the blues for me. The way the artist intended. With deepest contempt, that annoying guy from the Black Keys, I forget his name. Dear Barry Lank, do you ever wonder what it's all about? Well, let me tell you. You put your left foot in, put your left foot out. Put left foot in, you shake it all about. Dear Barry Link, Simon says, read this sentence. Simon says, read this sentence. Read this sentence. Ah, I didn't say Simon says. You lose. <laughs> Respectfully, Simon. Dear Barry Link, in that sketch last week where actress Chase O'Donnell reads the really long Wi-Fi password, could you repeat it, please? It's nothing sinister. I'm just trying to steal her identity. <laughs> Thank you for your assistance with this perfectly legitimate request. Chase O'Donnell. Wink. <laughs> It's the Calm app with today's daily calm. Low, weird grumbling. <laughs> the Calm app. Well, those were troubling times. We had beaten Grand Theft Auto, and Joe swore he wouldn't play another round of Magic the Gathering. Some kind of cataclysm was inevitable, and then one day, Keith came in to the rec center with some books he borrowed from his older brother. Dungeons and Dragons, a film by Ken Burns. It was the summer of 2004 when Keith Desmond, part-time Best Buy employee, and grizzled veteran of role-playing games, approached his compatriots with the prospects of a mission to bring order to a lawless land. His friends heard his tales of an evil king, his lore of lusty maidens, and his offer to purchase Taco Bell for the group, if they agreed to give it a shot. Ah, but problems arose right away. We were supposed to play every Sunday at the University Union. But Rick had to keep picking up extra shifts at Staples, and Chris's girlfriend was pissed he was out all night. 
My dearest Nora, I write these words as the Goblin Horde takes pause in their onslaught against our castle. Our rations are nearly gone. We have only Dorito crumbs and one last Dr. Pepper. How I wish this horrible war would cease, so that I may return to your gentle company and experience the fullness of your embrace, or at least a quickie when your parents are asleep. With affection, Christopher DeWitt Matthews. Blood was spilled at the Battle of Whitebeam Grove, the Battle of Little Avalon, and the legendary battle at Table 7 at Denny's. But, ironically, their true undoing would come in the form of an ally. Yeah, my buddy Mike Malinowski from Geography Class asked if he could play too, and I said, why not? Well, we all got the answer to that real fast. Almost immediately, Mike demanded that his character had a magic chainsaw that could cut through anything. When reminded that the game took place in sword and sorcery times and not in a cyberpunk future, he stormed out of the room to sulk in a stairwell. He would return. He kept trying to kill everyone we came across. Fighters, clerics, bards. It didn't matter. He just wanted to kill them, which really slowed down gameplay. It's kind of hard to go off on a mission when a berserker beheads any NPC that tries to hire your group. He also ate most of the snacks, even though he didn't chip in. Those were my tasty cakes. With Discord already amongst the team, Christopher Matthews recalls how the last straw came in the form of the ultimate betrayal. We had took a break to order a... Pardon me. <coughs> we took a break to order a pizza, and when we got back, we caught him going through the Dungeon Master's notes. The screen was clearly up, but he just ignored it and was reading the carefully written outline for the day's campaign. Keith spent five hours the night before writing that material, and now it was worthless. I was going to kick his ass, but then he threw my multi-sided dice across the room, and when I looked back, he was gone. The team fell apart soon after that. Though this group was only together for less than a dozen missions, the tales told of their bravery and sacrifice will live on in the business they brought to their university's rec center, and the memories of the staff who watched them from afar. Oh, do you mean the fat guys who were always sitting by the vending machines? Yeah, they were in here a lot. That one guy with the glasses tried to hit on me a couple of times. Next week on Ken Burns Presents Dungeons and Dragons, Keith tries to bring the team back together, but Rick is too busy playing World of Warcraft, and Chris dies trying to reenact a stunt he saw on MTV's Jackass. It's the Calm app with today's daily calm. Mother. Sleep. Let go of your tensions from the day. Relax. Visualize healing. Mix chamomile tea with fresh lavender and local honey. 
And I mean it, don't skimp on the honey. In fact, get a pencil and write this down. No, not a pen, a pencil, okay? Go to the farmer's market in Hollywood, not the one in Silver Lake. That one has nothing. Go to the Hollywood farmer's market and get wildflower honey. That's the only kind that works. And call your cousin Marta, it is her birthday. The Calm App. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Thank you for riding the Metro bus line. Please observe the following guidelines in order to ensure a more pleasant travel experience. Leave at least five seats open so people can get on the bus, change seats at least three times, get mad at whoever is sitting next to them, and stay on the bus until you're stopped. When two unrelated crazy people are in the bus at the same time, the louder of the two is permitted the right of way. When meeting angry people on the bus, remember to wipe your feet and be polite. This is their home. If you make eye contact with a homeless man, he's yours from now on. Stabbing other passengers is not allowed without a Class D permit. Class D stabbing permits are available online or at a metro train station. Only three people on each bus are allowed to talk non-stop on their phones. When one of these three positions opens up, it will be assigned to a new person through a lottery. Please wear as much cocoa butter perfume on the bus as you can afford. This helps keep the cocoa butter factories afloat and is considered an acceptable alternative to taking a shower. These are a few tips for enjoying a smooth ride. Thank you again for riding the Metro bus system. Now, seven days murder-free. Now beginning day one, murder-free. Riding on an eastbound freight train, speeding through the night. Hobo Bill, a railroad bum, was fighting for his life. Welcome to Chatting About Stuff, a new segment where we sit down with experts and learn something for fucking once. For example, I'm sure you've all heard of 420, but have you ever wondered why marijuana is the only drug to have an official holiday? Turns out it's not. Here to tell us about some other great excuses for getting totally faded, please welcome holiday historian Professor John Lupenhicker. Yes, hello, I'm John Lupenhicker, no relation. Now, before we get into the holidays, if I may ask... What's your favorite way to get embarrassingly, party-ruiningly shit-faced? It's PCP, right? You an angel dust guy? Absolutely not! I don't care for drugs myself. I'm a drug holiday historian. An academic. Do you think all podiatrists are also filthy foot fetishists? Well, actually, I... I, You know, 
Never mind. So what's an example of a drug holiday besides 420, Professor? Why, there are many. Sad drug abusers like your audience probably know that September 12th is double the recommended dosage day. Hey, don't insult my sad drug abusing audience, would you? I'm sorry. I'm sure all of you live very fulfilling lives. So do drugs just have random national days like uh, today is I see here. National Chocolate Parfait Day. No, many drug holidays correspond to what we in the business call regular holidays. For instance, February 14th is, of course, Valentine's Day. But you might not know that it's also Shroomin' at the Roller Rink Day. Oh, I should jot that one down. Then you should also jot down that February 15th is write an apology note for ruining that preteen's birthday party day. I... I already celebrate that one several times a year, actually. Yes, I can tell. Okay, uh, what are other reasons to celebrate drugs? Some are pretty random and specific. For instance, to commemorate the release of Steely Dan's album Asia, September 23rd is National Smoke Opium with Your Stepdad Day. Oh, that's a mouthful. Uh, let me ask, do other holidays have drug days too? Like, what about Veterans Day? No, sadly, due to VA hospital cutbacks, there are no drugs available on Veterans Day. But did you know that June 27th is the official meth holiday? And it's also Toby Maguire's birthday. Ah, so old Toby's a meth head actor? No. Hmm. I know how adorable that pun was to you, but no, those aren't related. But it's always nice to have two reasons to celebrate, especially when you're a loser with nothing else going on in your life. Right, Barry? Well, uh, before you insult my and my audience's life choices anymore, one last question. Is this drug holiday phenomenon strictly an American idea? Good lord, no. While Americans do celebrate Toad Licking Day on December 25th, in the Eastern Orthodox tradition, they instead celebrate Frog-Induced Epiphany 13 days later. Hmm. Well, you've given us a lot to look forward to, Professor John Lupenhicker, drug holiday expert. Well, thank you for having me on your degenerate show. Now, if you'll excuse me, I am going to go do something socially acceptable. Drink two liters of legal alcohol and vomit on a prostitute in Dry Lake, Nevada. This is Word Doctor with the anatomy of an English word. Today's word is nation. The root form is the Latin word natus, past participle of nasi or to be born making it cognate with natal or prenatal. This is especially true if you're one of the 70 people each year who are born in the front driveway of the United Nations, or one of the 50 people a day born in the dining space of a nation's hamburgers. Today's Word Doctor is sponsored by Nation's Hamburgers, a local fast food chain in Northern California. To date, nearly 900,000 people have been born in our eating areas. The babies have come in all sizes, but our giant burgers are still a third of a pound. Here's what's happening in the Baltimore bar scene this weekend. This Friday at the Stumble On Inn in Mount Vernon, it's karaoke night, where rejected contestants from The Voice get drunk enough to think they're Freddie Mercury. I know there's a two-hour wait to sing. I know. I need to sing American Pie, and you're just going to have to listen. Oh, oh, I'm a girl. I can still remember. Oh!
Make me smile. On Saturday night, visit Sure Happy It's Thursdays in Canton, where it's disgusting shots night. Oh, we got $2 pickle shots all night long. Vodka and pickle, Brian. Yum. It's also trivia night. Get a question right, you're drinking a free smoker's cough. Jägermeister and mayonnaise. What do the losers drink? Losers get the cement mixer. Bailey's and lime juice. It curdles in your mouth. And finally, this Sunday at Bad Decisions in Fells Point, it's the annual Baltimore Lean Olympics, where spectators bet on how long it takes for heroin addicts to fall over. And at 10 minutes, 45 seconds, Wyatt Herb, Charm City's walking, talking STD, is still standing, despite doing so while bent at a 90-degree angle. He's staring at the ground. Wait, he's tipping, tipping, tipping. Oh, he took a step forward. He's back on the horse. I tell you, they should call him Weeble because he will not fall down. And that's what's happening on the Baltimore bar scene this weekend. Have fun, don't piss off the bouncers, and don't Get shot. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to Fractured Fairy Tales, which has nothing to do with the old cartoon Fractured Fairy Tales. Totally different thing, legally speaking. I'm your host, Omniscient Narrator, and today I'm going to tell you the story of the genie and the English professor. Once upon a time, there was an English professor at a local university. I'm not an English professor. Wait, what? I'm not an English professor. I'm an adjunct. I don't have that level of job security. Listen, Hemingway, no one cares. There was an English professor that everyone thought was an asshole, might I add. Fuck off. That just so happened to uncover a magic lamp while looking for an early edition of James Joyce at auction. He took it home, cleaned it up, and... I am the genie of the lamp. You have freed me from the confines of my prison, and to thank you, I will grant you one wish. Only one wish? Isn't it usually three? It's going to be no wish in a minute if you're going to be a pill, all right? I will return in 24 hours to hear your request. Good luck with your task at hand. Later that night, the English professor was considering his wish at a local bar with Fast Eddie, a truck driver, and friendly acquaintance. So that's what happened, Eddie. I get one shot at this. I could stand to lose 50 pounds. Oh, that's not a bad idea. But that could be trouble. The genie could make it so I lose both my legs. That could be about 50 pounds, too. Do you ever read The Monkey's Paw by W.W. Jacobs? I doubt it. Uh, was it ever a Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episode? I mean, it was, but... It's about this monkey's paw that grants wishes, but the wishes always come at an enormous, often ironic price. So you just have to be careful about how you word it. Yeah, you're a writer. Go home and write it out before you say it to the genie. That's it. I'll go home right now and write out the perfect, clear, direct, loophole-free, consequence-free wish. Fast Eddie, you're a genius. I have a seventh grade education. And so the English professor went home to write the perfect wish. First, he made an outline of what he wanted. And when I say muscle proportion like Chris Pratt, I of course mean muscular Chris Pratt from the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, not chubby Chris Pratt from Parks and Recreation. A strong heart, cancer-free lungs, a fully functioning pancreas would be nice. His brainstorming continued well into the morning until his 24 hours were up. So, have you determined your wish? I'm still working on it. Can I get some more time? 
Very well. We shall meet again in 24 hours. And so the days passed. Each day, the English professor continued to work out the perfect, concise wish. But every day, it grew more and more complicated as he continued to brainstorm. But if it's immortality, do I age or do I stay the same age? Or could I choose the age? Better proofread the liver and kidney subsections again. Days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months. Every day the genie would return, and every day he would ask for an extension. This is like writing my doctoral thesis, except one person will hear it. Time passed. His diet and sleep schedule suffered. He withdrew from his friends. Eventually, the university fired him for canceling too many classes. All he focused on was the wish and the promise it held. Until one day, Fast Eddie came by to check on him. Hey, Professor, I just came by. What the hell happened to you? Finished. It's finished. And here comes the genie. So, is today the day? Yes. Genie, I... I wish... Wish... Oh my god, he's dead. Well, he never did get his wish. You want it? Oh, uh, okay. Uh... I should probably wish that the professor was alive again. Can't do it. Too complicated. Okay. Uh, how about, uh... Oh, $50 million. Sure. Got a pen? Yeah. Okay, write this down. 9, 15, 37, 42, 52, and 24. Play those numbers this Friday in the Mega Millions drawing. After taxes, you'll have roughly $50 million. Got it. And so, the moral of this story is... Nothing. Not every story has a moral. Sometimes things just happen, and then somebody's dead. That's the fucking moral. So that was all written by Barry Lank, Ben Kirshner, Ebby Parker, and Joe Davis. A lot of Joe Davis. It was performed and improvised by two of those people, plus Dominique DeBell, John Gutierrez, Samantha Gerwitz, Keith Saltajanes, and Jessica Park. It was produced and engineered by Barry Lank with technical help at the UBN Go Studios from the Mighty Mighty Kurt Carlson, lots of music from Kevin McLeod, as well as Eve's Jammy Jams, Don McLean, Johann Sebastian Bach, and Edvard Grieg. We'll be back again next week with episode 300. Good night. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.